0: A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What a mine? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? James! <laughs> Music. Podcast. This is Rob D. the Event Pro Hitter, starting off the 2022 Fantasy Baseball offseason prep for your NFBC drafts, starting with the draft champions, which just kicked off on the NFBC draft and hold 50 rounds. Still got to set your lineup, not best ball format for anyone who's not aware of the situation. It's Roto 5x5 five five original categories. So um, yeah, so it just kicked off. There's been some drafts that... I finished um, draft that are kind of in the fold right now. So um, I sat down with Mike Richards, who is a Dynasty and Prospect guy, and we just go through some prospects who um, in his top 100, um, guys who might get called up and get a shot. And we also go through some lesser-known players that are um, trying to mimic guys like uh, Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel, Lamont Wade Jr., who did not get drafted last year in draft champions. Um, and then we compare that to you know making a pick like um, Spencer Torquasen who got picked in 300 out of 303 leagues and he didn't get an at-bat in major leagues um, as compared to a guy like Adalas Garcia who played um, and had a great season um, when you can't make fat and he was drafted in only 25 leagues. So we tried to identify some of those um, type of guys drew filtering out some, you know, some stats, um, from the minors that might correlate to, um, the, the guys who put up decent numbers in the majors this year. So, um, we we'll go through that and, um, we also just hit on whether Mike would consider any of the 2022 draft, um, 2021 major league draft, uh, prospect to reach the major league this year so um like i said this is the start of the offseason prep um starting off with this pod and then coming up i'm gonna sit down with andrew geller also known as the guild on twitter who had an extremely successful nfbc season this uh this year and then also doing a podcast with zach waxman and john fish they'll be on together and um they have been um, involved in numerous drafts already for the season. So I want to kind of get their view on what's shaken down and the nfc scene so far and, um, you know, also discussed, you know, it's going to be a mix of looking back and looking forward. So we'll be looking at what worked and what didn't work for for um, players last year and um, what they might change going forward. And also maybe if they're into their prep and into drafts right now, we'll talk about, you know, how those are going and what they like for the twenty twenty two season. So, you know, obviously some people are, are prepped and ready and are doing drafts and some take a time, some are still involved with football a lot, so they're not really too tuned in to, you know, maybe gandering a little bit at baseball, but not fully doing yet. So uh, we'll do a little bit of mix of both. Um looking back and looking forward. So anyway, um welcome back. Thank you for listening. If you are and here is the episode with Mike Richards. All righty, folks, welcome back to the poor Hitter Podcast. I'm Rob DiPietro of Dead Pull Hitter. I'm here today with my friend Michael Richard. Mike, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, Rob. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, this was the first podcast that I ever did, and I was very nervous last year, and I'm hoping this time we have a little bit more fun and be a little more relaxed. Awesome.
0: Yeah, um, it was a while ago, right? I think had you and Nick Richard on, that was a good time. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, why don't you tell everyone real quick before we dive into some prospects and redraft leagues and uh, talk about some guys we can pick up for the um, upcoming draft champion season. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on Twitter and what kind of work you do in these days?
1: Well, you can find me on Twitter at MP Richards, 1981. As I've said before, I'm trying to think of something a little more catchy that people recognize involving prospects, but that's where you can find me for now. And Uh, I'm working at two different places for Roto Fanatic. I'm uh, working on a lot of prospect lists, a lot of team lists and lists by age and level and all that sort of stuff. And that's where a lot of my list stuff is and a lot of where my passion's at. I also have just recently become the Mariners correspondent for Prospects 1500. So I'll be focusing on that team a lot during the season and posting my top 50 prospects for that team and trying to find the next wave uh, for them and just, Kind of bringing it all together.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Have you uh I know you you've you've shown a lot of growth in the last year and a half, um, both in your following ships and your uh just the stuff that you're putting out there. I know you're really into the uh into the dynasty world and um you know, into the prospects. So I thought it'd be good if I had you on. Maybe we could uh get draft champion has uh draft champions on NFPC has just started up again. Um, and as we know, it's the draft and hold 50 guys, uh, no fab, um, uh, but you still got to set your lineups, uh, Monday to Thursday, Friday to Sunday for the batters and weekly for the pitchers. So. Um, you know, last year, there was a, a, a good amount of of, of rookies slash, you know, prospect. You know, you got your rookies like guys like Rosarena and Carlson, you know, who had a good sample size and kind of knew somewhat of their skill set. But then we had a ton of guys like um, Alex Kurloff, Wanda Franco, uh, Joe Adele um, that – even, uh, you know, Spencer Torkelson got drafted in 300 out of the 303 draft champions draft. It's just, uh, you know, something that I, as I was reviewing, getting ready for this pod, you realize, you know, how many teams took him and got a zero, you know? So it's like, you know, especially in a draft and hold my, my thing is, you know, just go with the safer options, you know, and have a guy who's projected for 450 at bats in the outfield or anywhere you know who's has a job rather than picking a prospect Uh, but you know we're drawn to them there you know everyone has the lure of uh of grabbing a guy who could change the season around so I thought maybe we can go through your top 100 list and you know maybe make some comparisons for some of the guys in the list to some of the guys who were you know those players last year and then maybe just cap um you know talk about some of the undrafted guide as well one thing I found through the ADP when I was looking through draft champions like no one drafted Patrick Wisdom, Frank Schwindel, Lamont Wade Jr., Gavin Sheep you know guys who had pretty good all-around um, games and ended up coming through I mean if you had Patrick Wisdom on your team and the drafts and all then you know he had 28 30 home runs it's not his it worst guy that you could roster so just maybe think, you know, yeah, like we can maybe point out a couple of guys who fit the profile of those players who are a little older, who are, you know, more ready to play, perhaps, but a list of like, you know, flying under the radar type of guys. Um, so, yeah. So why don't we get into your top 100? Your first guy is Julio Rodriguez. Um, do you think he
1: makes the majors this year? I do. I, I think he's going to see time in the majors. Uh I don't know how quickly it's going to be. This is going to be a theme with a lot of these players, especially the younger ones, the guys who are 20, 21, 22. It's going to be harder to predict when the team's going to give him a chance, but I definitely think he's a huge part of their future, obviously. And I do think they're going to want him in the majors at some point in
0: 2022. Right. It's uh That'll be pretty interesting. I would I would like to see how they how aggressive they are in this offseason. And you know, because there's rumors that they might be going after like a Marcus Semyon, um, playing him at second base, um, see if they open up their wall a little bit and see how aggressive they are. And um, you know, obviously what he does in the minors is uh definitely, you know, there. We've seen it. Um, the numbers are there. So yeah, if he gets a shot, that could be interesting. So do you think Maybe we see like uh, earlier than September, or um, something later on in the season. Uh,
1: I definitely don't think he's going to be up extremely early. It, it really—it's so hard to predict. I think it comes—it comes down to how the team is maneuvering at that particular moment. The right. Mariners called up some players this last year, so you know they called up Kalenic at age 21. They gave him a shot relatively early julio rodriguez is going to be in a similar situation he's probably going to be tearing up triple a early right a a, a spot's going to open up in i would guess june or so and if he runs with it he's going to stick with the team the rest of the year if he struggles like a lot of prospects have he'll probably be sent back down and come back up late season again
0: right right and get yep and get two shots at it he's uh Pretty impressive last year in A, 362 in 100, uh, 206 plate appearances, only 80% um, strikeout, 16 stolen bases, um, seven homers. Pretty pretty impressive skill set. If he's doing anything like that in Triple I would see him possibly coming up. That will be um, pretty interesting. So it's actually funny um, how many times he was drafted to in draft champions this year. Uh, even for a guy, you know, who who is so, um, you know, far away from the majors, he, he got drafted yeah. in 283 out of the 303 draft champion league. So it's pretty, uh, it's pretty fascinating to see how many. And so the next guy on your list was actually drafted less times than Julio Rodriguez. And that's a guy who, toward the start of the draft season, was actually getting a little bit higher, which is Bobby Witt. Um, mm-hmm. he went in 223 draft champions leagues at around uh, average ADP is 600, but as high as 173. So you see how the guys were feeling about Bobby Witt. Um, I think I think we we're all expecting him to play pretty much, you know, right off the bat. But where where does he slot in, and um, how do you see him doing in the majors?
1: Well, I mean, I I don't know. I don't follow the Royals as closely as like some Royals beat writer. So like my thinking with them is is they're gonna they're not gonna start him off in the majors. I mean, am I wrong to think that?
0: No, you're definitely not wrong. Uh,
1: Like I think I think he'll start. He'll come up when when they gain the extra year of eligibility, and then from there it's kind of the same thing with uh, with other players. I mean, I love Bobby Witt Jr. His home run potential, his stolen base potential. Uh, Kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Trevor Story in that sense but I actually think he's actually a little bit better than him, like more upside. Um, So it's, it's prospects. So it's, it's just hard. It's definitely someone that I like long-term and maybe even love long-term, but where he's going to be getting drafted this year, he's someone I'm going to be avoiding because there's going to be so many more safer options. So that's kind of where I stand with Bobby Witt Jr. But I'm a big fan.
0: Um, I got, I was in a draft earlier in the year and, um, the first, one of the first draft champions, um, and, uh, he went in the fourth round, he went 50th overall in that league. Um, and then another league, uh, I believe, um, he is in the, no, I don't, I, I only have one draft result. So yeah, he, uh.
1: Doesn't that seem high start, to
0: you? Uh yeah, that seems bad like I wouldn't take I wouldn't take a guy in that range um who's might not start the year in the majors. Uh, I mean, I think it's gonna be very really good, you know. Yep. But um, you know, who knows? The Royals have some some things going on, you know. I think uh maybe they move on from Carlos Santana um and just non-tender. Who knows? Like uh, I feel like they have options there uh to play either Mondesi at third and keep WIT down for a little bit or move Mondesi around. Who knows? Maybe DH him because he's so fragile. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, interesting what they could do with their team. But um, I think, you know, on the most part, I feel like what I've read and I felt like the the, the thermometer had been on with that if he's not called up immediately, it should be relatively quick. Like you mentioned, once he gets that, year of eligibility um yeah next couple guys in your list you have riley green and Spencer torkelson torkelson yep. went in every uh 300 out of the 303 draft champions leagues last year uh, a lot of people pegged him as you know like a major league ready bat it seems to be the consensus um what do you think about his chances of making an impact this year
1: well i'm very high on riley green as well i'm I do think Detroit's going to give him a chance. I think they're in you know, a, full, a full-blown rebuild, and Riley Green and Torkelson are both a big part of that. Again, if we're looking at all this from a redraft perspective, he's 21 years old. Other than Wander Franco, there probably wasn't many 21-year-olds who uh, held their own in the majors last year for long stretches. So it's, a, it's another player. Like I, If I'm going to be taking prospects... In draft and holds, they're most likely going to be the older prospects or prospects who are, you know, like if we look back at the players who did well last year, they're 23, 24, 25. They're not 20, 21, 22. Right. So that's what, kind of where the range I'm looking if I'm going to be at, after prospects.
0: Right. <laughs> Yeah, like you know, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, they you had guys who who kind of had a track record from twenty twenty, you know, like guys like Ryan Mountcastle. We saw like what he was able to do in a hundred at bats, you know, and so um, what he did last year, I'm gonna say wasn't a surprise, but you know, you can kind of see that he had that type of ability in him, you know, in a brief stint. But it's it's much easier, I think, to look at a guy like that and observe what he could possibly do versus a guy who hasn't played in the major leagues yet. Agreed. Yep. Um, so Torkelson is it's an interesting case because, I mean, the Tigers weren't horrible last year. And I think with some, you know, I, I think there's a deep link to Carlos Correa um, to play shortstop with them to link up with AJ Hinch Um, with these guys coming up. um, It could be interesting if he slots into a lineup, you know, that has Miggy still and Grossman, um, Candelario, like it, it could be interesting. He could be, um, but let's see if he could, you know, if he can make it up there and uh, get playing time from the get-go. But like I said, like you mentioned too, um, you know, even, even if he comes up in May, I think people, or drafting him with the expectation that you know he he's gonna he's gonna make an impact for sure.
1: He's gonna be in his prime immediately, type of impact. Yeah, like right. It, yeah. So, and you got to factor in that he's not gonna be there for six weeks at least, and then it's no guarantee of immediate success. So, right. You just have to factor all that into when you're drafting players.
0: So in this uh, draft, champions, he went in sixteen in the 16th round. So compared to Wit. Twelve round difference, um, between the two guys. Um, So, definitely uh, a pretty a pretty stark difference in the in the rounds taken. Um, but I see some of the other guys on your list coming up. You got Brennan Davis on the Chicago Cubs, Adley Rutschman on the Baltimore Orioles, C.J. Abrams, Corbin Carroll. Um, I think that a lot of people would be expecting Adley Rutschman to kind of make his way into the majors this year. Um, And I think some people feel like Brennan Davis um, as well. So Davis and Rutschman, um, tell me about what you think about their – their readiness to play in the majors this, this season.
1: Okay. Uh, Br- Brennan Davis, I view similarly to Riley green, same age, same level, same t- sort of upside, maybe even a little more upside, but he's a player that I'm not expecting to be super productive in 2022 in the major leagues. Um, I, the Cubs are definitely rebuilding and I view him as their top prospect, but he's, he's another player I would treat similarly to Riley green And he's maybe even a little more raw. So as far as Adley Rushman goes, I feel like he is is ready as a catching prospect can be to be productive immediately. I feel the Orioles were very uh, slow in bringing him along last year. I feel like he could have been promoted to AAA a lot quicker. I mean, and I think that was part of their plan. Like they had no intention of having him in the majors last year. But uh, to me, he's the type of catcher that – you want in dynasty for sure how it's going to play out in the major leagues. I'm not sure, but I do think he's going to see an ample amount of time for a catching prospect in the major leagues this year. Right. Steamer, which um, is normally you
0: know, not so aggressive on rookies, especially with playing time right now in the early season, they have him projected to play 95 games, have 386 plate appearances. Um,
1: and that seems reasonable to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. And you know, it's pretty interesting placement for uh a player like Rutchman. But um I think he gets there soon too. Like from everything you read, it just it feels like he's ready to play and ready. Yep. And yeah.
1: Um I think he could have been up this last year. Yeah. I just think the Orioles didn't see any reason they were one of the worst teams in the league, so
0: Right. But he's definitely ready. He ended up in triple A last year, like you mentioned, with uh 185 parade appearances. So um mm-hmm. might see him very soon for sure. Um CJ Abrams is uh a guy you probably won't see the majors this year. We do agree?
1: I agree with that because of the injury, especially, and he's still only 20.
0: Right. Um, the next couple of guys in your list: Corbin Carroll, Noel V. Marte, Anthony Volpe, and Robert Hassel, or um ended up in in uh in a plus um so probably you know years uh a couple of years away from major leagues right
1: yes exactly and and those would be the guys i kind of view now as the 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 top prospects in a year or two at the right. moment
0: yeah gotcha um so next major league ready guy on your list shane baz he already made the major leagues pitched in the playoffs um I kind of like what I see from Boz. I think he could, uh, he could definitely be a solid, uh, a solid arm this year. I think McClanahan surprised me with the amount of innings he threw, and he seems like he uh, wasn't really slowing down at the end of the year. So um, I figure if Baz can make one hundred and twenty-five, one hundred and thirty innings with the Rays, could be pretty good. He looked, he he looked really good last year.
1: Absolutely. And is he, it is he's this my year one, or last year? Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Twenty twenty one. Yeah, that's right. That's that's the best way to do it. <laughs> um, I'm I'm a big fan of Baz. Obviously, I mean, even before he made it up to the majors, I was actually kind of hoping, from a selfish standpoint, that he wouldn't get called up because I thought he would have been a fantastic target because his price is going to go up with the success in the majors. Um, I, yeah, I'm fully on board with him. Like, I don't see any. Pitching prospects are, are weird. You know, we had Mackenzie Gore last year, but this is the guy, like he's ready to go. Um, Grayson Rodriguez is, you know, the dynasty, you know, more upside maybe, but I'm a big believer in Baz. I think he's going to be a, a force for years to come actually. Yeah, he looks he looks pretty pretty impressive.
0: He's got some fastball characteristics that are uh like in the Garrett Cole, um Jake Jake mm-hmm. Jake DeGrom shape. So um it, it looks pretty exciting for him. And I, I feel like he's in good hands there. And I think they're gonna need him to throw, you know, and you know, at least 120 innings. That's what I'm hoping mm-hmm. for him. Um yep. let's see, uh Grayson Rodriguez, another Oriole arm. Um he, I don't know, I hear a lot of people saying he should be in the majors this year on skill alone. But like you mentioned, the Orioles, you know, um, I think they're doing good things over there, too. And I think they're like orchestrating things in a in a timely manner that uh, they're going to set themselves up for as much success as they can in the future. Uh, but he's a lefty arm. It's pretty exciting. Do you think he gets a shot this year, maybe at the end of the season?
1: Did I write down his left? He's actually righty.
0: Oh, sorry. My bad. I thought I he was you, a lefty. Um, no, no, that was my fault. I thought Okay, I like it. um,
1: but yeah, it, I I do. It's hard to say because they they just left uh, Adley Rushman in the upper levels all season, two years older. I mean, I, I probably think they're going to give him a a glimpse this year. I don't think it's going to be a long. It might be a, like a Baz type situation where we see him for three or four starts at the end after he dominates his way through Triple A. Okay, so um, next three guys on your
0: list think that may have some time. The majors, Tristan Casas, O'Neal Cruz, and Vidal Bruhan. Talk to me about these guys and how you see them making an impact in fantasy this year. Bruhan has already had a ton of uh, experience in the draft champions last year. Um, pulled up right now, but he was drafted in all but one of the draft champions league last year as uh, high as 326. Um, he's the kind of guy, too. Like He provides that one skill, too, that we kind of covet in fantasy because it's so hard to get in a stolen bases. So, um, you know, I know that there was hype on him this year, um, but we kind of didn't make it work and you kind of didn't get the, the shot that he needed to prove anything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Cassis, you know, he's a couple years younger than these other two, so I view him more as more of a, a dynasty option than a redraft option. Um, although he did see AAA at age 21. So I'm very high on him, but uh, the other two Bruhan and O'Neal Cruz, as you said, Bruhan brings uh, elite speed to the table. He gets on base. He doesn't strike out too much. Uh, the, the knock on him is he doesn't have a ton of power yet. And, but, but for me, he's the type of player that I like to stash at middle infield. He's the type of player I would take a stab at late in these things. And and I and I'm actually happy that he kind of struggled a little bit. Like it's the opposite of Baz. I feel like if he would have if he would have popped off in 50 at bats, even a small sample size, people would be overdrafting him right now. So at this point, I feel like he's he's probably a good target. O'Neill Cruz is someone that I have been high on for a while now. in – I've had him as the Pirates top prospect since probably June. And then he just went up to AAA and tore it up, went up to the majors and tore it up. And now he's probably going to be getting drafted too high for my liking. But this is a guy who has a lot of, lot of power. He has speed. He doesn't strike out too much. And he's also a shortstop still somehow, even though he's six foot seven.
0: Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I know that was one of the things that they were mentioning with him in his um in his way up through the minor league system about maybe finding another spot for him if he could stay up short but he's making it work he was picked in the nineteenth round 284th overall uh draft Ooh, champion so not so far for in but um it's pretty interesting steamer has him projected for four hundred and twenty seven played appearances 110 games so they think he's gonna be up and playing also two eighty one average that's a you know that's like it's it's interesting because, you know, like I said, they're very, they're very new, like conservative. Not, yeah. Conservative. And like when stuff, when I, you know, when you see stuff like that from a minor leaguer kind of really like, you know, just makes you really like wonder, like, wow. Like, and they're pretty good, you know, very good ejection system. So it's, well, uh, I, I will say this.
1: I saw O'Neal Cruz on a list. I, I forget if it was steamer or what whatever, but it was around a bunch of really good major league players. Yeah. His projections fit in with them, so he could yeah. actually be a, quite a pick in the late two hundreds, if that's real. Pretty, it's pretty fascinating.
0: You know, he came up, and I think he, um, he he hit a ball like a uh, hundred and twenty miles an hour, or something like that. 100, <laughs> 119.
1: Um, oh yeah, so one of the, one of the top ten fastest, and like he had like ten plate appearances in the majors, and he hit hit the ball as hard as Aaron Judge. And he's got speed. Pretty, pretty interesting, pretty fascinating.
0: He's projected for uh, 125 WRC. plus. So, some of the guys who finished in that range this year is like Josh Donaldson, Luis Hoskins, Jose Abreu, uh, Jorge Polanco, Nelson Cruz. Not too bad. Um, yeah. Just gotta definitely keep an eye on. Um, I think I dropped him in a 93 league. when when he um when it was suspected that he like killed the person and uh just didn't get the it was like a very smaller type dynasty league and it's just the information it's like i was like winning trying to win now too and uh, Mm -hmm. it just fell with one of those like oh man like this is a terrible situation this guy's not gonna play again and i didn't get my news straight and uh i didn't wait for the news actually i just it was an impulsive decision but uh whatever the league is not anymore in effect, so it doesn't matter, I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, let's talk about some of your other closer to the majors players here. Um, Nolan Gorman on the Cardinals, twenty-one. He ended up in AAA, made the position change from third base to second base with Arenado joining the major league team. Um, I heard, I've heard from like Eric Cross um, talking about how, uh, how you know Gorman's defense was like acceptable at second but you know there's there's also a shift from major league team to not worry that much about defense at second they're not afraid to pay like uh a moustakas type there you know with the shift because it kind of hides it a little bit but with the shift maybe going out of the game you know do you think um gorman is a guy who could handle second base this year he's a huge power threat right
1: yeah he's got a lot of a lot of power you know he would project as a big power guy at third base so uh, I I am skeptical That he'll remain as a second baseman You know I, I do think that He's been able to do it At a level to where the, they'd feel Comfortable throwing him in there and moving Him around uh, Especially early in his career I mean I, I have the sense that He'll, he'll end up as a, a third baseman Or a first baseman long term Okay, But I mean but if he can still Do it I mean from a redraft perspective, it's again, I'm going to keep repeating this, but it's a 21 year old. I'm not super excited for him this year, but in the future, you know, this is a guy with huge power who doesn't strike out a lot. That's capable of playing second base, third base, first base. So there's, I, I see the value in that long-term.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, he's projected for 109 plate appearances this year for Steamer. So, um, see what happens. Because if something like that happens, you know, then the moves if uh, they can move Todd May short, you know, because he could play short because Paul DeYoung is terrible, and uh, mm-hmm. Sosa can become that utility type player. Um, what about Alec Thomas? Um, he's on the Diamondbacks, right?
1: Yep. Uh, it's a- an interesting similar- team. Oh yeah. Uh, Alec Thomas is, he's really impressed me this year. Um, A lot of these guys, I guess I should have probably more, more highlighted the guys that were a little older than these 21. I just highlighted all the AAA guys, but uh, this is another guy kind of in the vein of like a, I don't want to say a clinic, but a similar type situation where he's, he gets on base. He's got some, he's developing pop. He's got some, some speed and he's, and he's doing well. And improving as he moves up the levels so he like he's he's young for the level and then gets promoted and then does even better so like these are sort of signs that i've seen in the past for players that become really good they kind of have these random seasons where it's like oh they're just moving up three levels and improving at each one and and then end up as one of the youngest in their level and just on the verge basically so he's someone i'm very high on I think he's a big part of their future going forward. But would but would ultimately probably not be targeting him in, in these draft and holds. Right. Right. Okay. Um, I want to touch on uh, – I want to ask about two pitchers, Max
0: Meyer and Cade Cavalli. Um, Max Meyer is on the Marlins. Cade Cavalli is on the Nationals. Uh, they both ended up in Triple A last season uh Kikavale kind of uh, got a little tired by the end of the season um so his numbers in AAA weren't really um in, in the, indicative of uh what he did in the in the lower minors before that um Max Meyer uh, a lot of people see him as a, a possible uh, replacement for um, Sixto Sanchez if he can't get his or his shoulder up and going for the season next year um so meyer and cavalli give me your thoughts about them and whether they can make an impact um on the season this year maybe compare them to if you do think so um do you think they could be as good as like uh, logan gilbert was this year in you know in terms of how much he pitched and how effective he was
1: okay uh those are two prospects i'm really high on two pitching prospects uh, it's, it's difficult to give an exact uh, comparison on players, but the names that come to mind for me as far as who they could be, if given the opportunity, Max Meyer would be similar type to Logan Gilbert. The only thing is he's a couple years younger. So I'm not sure if he'd have the same success right out the gate as he did this year. I'd more say probably he's more like a Logan Gilbert in a year from now. Um, and Cade Cavalli, I'm intrigued by he he moved through the, the levels after being a first round pick in 2020, and the name that comes to mind when I think of him is Alex Manoa. Not sure if I'm saying that uh, right, but that same level of big, big, uh, big body throws really hard, and I just feel like the Nationals are always a team who is willing to push their prospects quickly, and I think Kate Cavalli is someone that I'm actually really excited about. Targeting in, in the draft and hold like this. And I'm not sure where what he's being projected for in innings wise, but if there's a, a pitching prospect that hasn't been in the majors yet that I'm going to be targeting in these, it would be Cade Cavalli. Nice. Yeah. He's projected for 65 innings this season. Um, Logan
0: Gilbert last year went on an average 435 in draft champions. Um, so. You know, it's uh it's that point of the draft where you're not really getting the the arms who go deep and are truly effective. Um, you know, you get some innings eaters, but they're not all world talent. You know, there were some guys who were drafted in that range who ended up being real good, like Luis Garcia. Um but you know, there's also a lot of shot in the darks like Dalton Jeffries and uh, you know, Matt Manning didn't do so great. But um yeah, I I, I I think that he's going to get a good amount of, uh, opportunity this year. Yeah. Uh, yes. I agree. Yeah, for sure. I think they're ready to turn the team over to the young kids. And, um, I think he's, he's, he definitely going to get the opportunity. Cause he, I think what happened, um, with the prep arms, right. They're usually more, more able to turn around and come into the majors quicker as well. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right,
0: cool. Um, all right, you know what I wanted to ask you about. I wanted to ask you about he's down on your list at forty six, but Jose Miranda on the Twins. Um, yep, you know, don't really know specifically if there's a spot for him. Uh, you know, per se, really on the on the Twins right now, but he's he's a little bit older prospect, and it looks like he's he's kind of ready to come up. So, um, do you think that the Twins would would get him up there to start the season?
1: Well. Uh, As a small market team, I assume they would they would not begin him in major leagues. Uh, But I do think he's ready for the major leagues. Uh, Just er everything I'm looking at statistically from him, he was fantastic in Double A and Triple A. Huge breakout season, basically. And um, I mean, I don't know what I don't know how to say this, but like I already think he's probably a better hitter than some of the players that they're going to play. Right. It's just a matter of when they want to give him a chance. And are they in a rush? Are they planning to compete next year? Um, I, he is someone that I want on my team when he makes when he gets the call. Like I would, I would. I'm trying. This kind of just popped in my head, but I, it feels similar to like a Cabrian Hayes from last mm. year, just a similar type of thing. Like where like he might help, he might not help, but he he definitely could. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of all over the place on this guy. I really like Jose Miranda. I'm just not sure what the Twins are going to do. Right.
0: Yeah, 340 in the minors last year. Yeah. With uh, 30 homers. Yeah, and striking
1: out like 13% of the time or something. Yeah,
0: 13% of the time in AAA, 11 and a half time double A. Definitely a stud hitter all the way around. Um, He's projected for 328 plate appearances this year, 12 homers, 41 runs, 43 ribbies. Uh, two eighty-two. So, um, in eighty-one games, so half a season. Um, is yeah. is is he? Um, I think I read it once before, but um, maybe I'm wrong. But is he uh have the opportunity to play at other spots in the infield? Is he like a utility capable guy? Um, or is he strictly third base?
1: I believe. Let me look that up. But I believe he has also played some second base last year. All right. That's what I I heard. Uh, a couple of times so um, i'm going to the i'm going to get to it really quickly here yeah he uh, didn't oh, go
0: ahead he didn't interest in bat he, he he popped off the chart for sure
1: yeah he uh, last year in triple a he played at first base second base third base and even played three games in the outfield hmm, so they're definitely getting him getting him chances around the infield because so, i definitely know they like his bat a lot and so those projections he threw out there to me seem reasonable to me. I think he'll see half a season in time and, and be pretty solid in the time he, he plays. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely in the young mode right now. They have Larnick already in there,
0: curl off. Um, and you, know, you still got Josh Donaldson at third. So I guess it's just depends on, you know, uh, I think even if Donaldson stays with the Twins. For the whole season too Just expecting him to miss some And Miranda to I guess maybe even just get the shot To come up while he's injured And uh, maybe mm-hmm. just float around as well Because even their bench is not really Right now their ejected bench On fan is Ryan Jeffers The catcher and Nick Gordon, Kyle Garlick And Brent Rooker So uh, <laughs> I think they're definitely going to need the help Because yeah. that doesn't show any um, Really infield uh, Depth on the bench um, So they're definitely going to need some help and some, and some bats. And I mean, a lot of their players too have struggled with injuries. So, uh, Buckstein, Donaldson, um, Garver, Kepler, everyone got hurt share curl off and then you hurt. It's sort of Larnick So, um, definitely an opportunity there for Jose Miranda, for sure. I think it's going to be a guy that's, uh, I might target a little bit in this uh, last year, Mike, I only took two rookies, I think, out of my five draft champion teams. And it was Josh Young. And um, I think in the last round of a very early draft champion, which is like round 50, which is where I, I want to take these guys and Gita Downs downs. Um, but he didn't do anything. He was like a, a round 38 pick. Cause I, I just really needed some steals on my team. So I was like, maybe, you know, I was looking for like a steel guy in the minors, but Uh, He never made it there. I know he had a pretty, pretty terrible year this year uh, compared to what we're expecting of him. But um, so I just uh, actually wanted to ask you about one more picture before we move over to just some like maybe under the radar type players that are like kind of outside the, you know, the big prospect list that everyone's looking at, but give me your um, opinion on Hunter green and Nick Lodolo on the reds, the reds uh, let, let Wade Miley go into waivers. Um, so they escaped his buyout and just given him uh, a qualifying offer or anything. So yeah. Um, they did say that uh, they would get a chance in spring training to, you know, get a shot in the rotation. Do you think that they have the goods to make it? And um, also, you know, uh, you know, how do you see that playing out?
1: Well, I like both pitchers quite a bit. Lodolo is a little more, I guess I would say a finesse pitcher. Hunter Green's got huge, a huge arm, a huge upside. Uh, He looks like a a
0: football player,
1: too. Yeah, he's big and throws really hard. And uh, it's basically injuries and control. Like if he can maintain his control, like he's got ace upside in my eyes. And he was impressive this year, especially coming back from being away from the game for a while. I don't think that either pitcher, again, I don't think either pitcher is going to break camp with the team because it's another small market team. They can just wait a, a little bit and fill the roster with someone else. I do expect both players to get a shot next year and are they capable of doing well? Yeah. I mean, they can be, they can be one of those pitchers that helps you. They could also be one of those pitchers that hurts you. So, but I do like the reds. I do like what they're doing with their pitching. And these are two pitchers I expect to be in the rotation for a long time. So it's just more about how, how good are they going to be their first taste in the majors?
0: Right totally makes sense absolutely um all right let's um let's hit it like a couple of you know maybe sneaky guys that can fit that patrick wisdom frank schwindel mode that you know maybe won't get drafted or you know uh but guys who are just a little older and maybe you know have some skill sets that can you know obviously they don't have all the skill sets because if they did they wouldn't be 30 and in in the minors but maybe they're lacking something but you know they just you know get a shot and um they prove themselves so uh like i mentioned some of the other players uh do you see anybody who kind of fits that mold um in in the minors right now
1: all right so like you said when you showed me the list of players like uh, frank schwindel and patrick wisdom you know i my first thought was looking for older players that aren't ranked high. They haven't been hyped up a lot on prospect lists, but they've been productive in upper levels. The first name that popped in my radar here is Chris Gittens, a first baseman for the Yankees. And he's 27 years old and he was very productive in this season in the minor leagues. And as, and he was also good in 2019, I actually think he's a pretty good bat in, I would, I would say he's the most similar to like a Frank Schwindel of anyone I can find out there at the moment. Um, Another player, maybe a little bit, a couple years younger, but similar type thing is Seth beer for the diamondbacks. And I actually liked him last year. I've liked his bat for a long time. He's had a productive career in the minor leagues. It's a defensive situation with him. I think if some team makes him their DH or gives him a shot at first base every day, I I think he's going to be, you know, a, a good bat, like a, a starting level caliber at whatever position he's in. So he's someone that I would definitely look at in that sort of role as well. Right, uh, and you got to figure
0: the NL might get the DH too, so maybe they could put him there. You know, he got his yep. shot last year, he got called up, and then he dislocated his left shoulder. But, you know, he got his 10 plate appearances, <laughs> and he hit a homer, four runs, three ribbies, you know, and, and 10 plate appearances. So I feel yeah. like he was, he was ready to bust out, and, um you know, he just My- –
1: might be a blessing in disguise for us in, this year in drafts, you know, maybe. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, cause it's interesting to, you know, t- try to find any, any guys like that who fit the mold. Um, you know, Jeff Zimmerman on Fangraphs, he writes great articles and he has this, um, this article that he wrote that grabbed my eye. Um, and it's, uh, the void Munchie all-stars and he just did like, you know, some filtering um, with offensive stats in the minors and, you know, to, with an age threshold and, you um, know, that walk percentage, K percentage ISO and ground ball percentage. You, you could search the article for anyone listening. It's really good. And, um, you, you know, so you can go over to fan graphs and try to run those filters and just see kind of the guys who, fit that mold and you know could possibly translate those skills into the majors but like I said also have that you know like guy like Jose Marmolejos you know he he fits those filters in the in the minors um but you know he's kind of under the radar so one other guy who's on that list um and he's um, in Triple A and on the Cardinals getting a lot of buzz right now but his name is uh, Juan Yepes right is that how you say his name? I believe so. Juan Yepes, maybe? Okay, Juan Yepes. Yeah, he, he seems to be all the rage right now. Can you tell me a little bit about him?
1: Yeah, uh, Juan Yepes came onto my radar probably in, I'd say, June. I do a lot of lists, uh, just filtering kind of what you were talking about, just finding players based on their age and level and their stats. And then I see all these names that I know, and then I see Juan Yepes. Mm-hmm. And so that's when he first came on my radar and then I just started following him and he just kept hitting. And I actually see him in a similar light as one as Jose Miranda, maybe a, a little lesser of a hitter, but like a cheaper version of him, I guess uh, cheaper mm-hmm. in the sense of he costs less to get in leagues and stuff like that. So right. I'm, I'm,
0: Uh, Mike, your uh, I think your your volume is off, uh, but I'll give you I'll give you a chance to get back in here, um, and I'll I'll keep it going for a little bit. Um, but yeah, we uh, I think what Mike was talking about was uh, looking at Juan Yapez um, as a Jose Miranda type bat. He did have three hundred and four at bats. Uh, 357 plate appearances in AAA um, last year. at 22 homers with a 289 batting average. Um, yeah, it doesn't strike out much, got a good walk rate. So, and a, um, he had pretty de- pretty decent steam projection, even though not for a lot of plate appearances. But um, so we got, yeah, Juan Nepez. I know I've seen him on, on Twitter getting a whole bunch of buzz and getting uh yeah so um we see some other guys who pop off on this jeff Zimmerman. oh there you go you're back you're yep. back all right back. cool uh, i was just trying to continue to talk about juan your i ran off some of his triple a numbers this year and i didn't you know he had actually 357 played appearances in triple a so he definitely had a good good chunk of experience um at the upper levels
1: there is a there is a couple more I see on this list that I have written down as well uh Richie mm-hmm. Palacios. Okay. He's been he's been uh I don't know what the word is but he's been shining in the AFL, in the Arizona okay. fall league and mm. he's another guy who has he was injured and he kind of fell off the radar. That's why he's a little bit older but he's got a lot of interesting stats going on. Uh right. like a 400 plus OBP in the upper levels and it's he's been one of the standouts in that league, so I'm very intrigued by him as a as a stash, I guess, or a, a late draft. Uh, Cleveland's in a rebuild too. He's capable of playing infield and outfield, so I, I definitely see him getting a shot in the majors this year as well. And uh, Chris Clegg on on Twitter he's he's been hyping him up quite a bit. He saw him play in Arizona, and mm-hmm. and Chris is you know he knows what he's talking about. So right. this is a guy this is a guy to like a lot. I think. Interesting.
0: Very interesting. Um, another guy that was just recently in the news, it's, just re- it's good to stay on the news front and, uh, you know, see who's getting protected for the Rule 5 draft. You know, teams got to shuffle around their roster um, if a prospect reaches a certain time in the minors where, you know, they have to put them on the 40-man and protect them from the Rule 5 draft. So the Pittsburgh Pirates um, did this with Diego Castillo, they add into the forty man roster. He's twenty three years old. Um, to play second, third, and short, and he has a pretty good skill set. The guy just doesn't strike out a lot twelve percent in the minors. Um, puts good good bat on the ball. Uh, two o nine ISO in the minors, and um, you know, having the multi position eligibility. Um, usually, uh, maybe you could um tell me if I'm wrong, but you know, when when guys are protected through uh um that a draft like this they're more than likely to you know see some major league action this year right
1: yes i i'm not i i'm not 100 sure on this but i believe oh no that's if they get picked in the rule five draft but yes yes if they Being, get picked picking, the other team have to keep them in the 40 man yeah yeah as exactly well. yeah right in this situation it just it puts them on the 40man roster it makes it much and much easier transaction transaction for them to go from the minors to the majors absolutely so it just opens up the window and a player mm-hmm. like him who's capable of playing multiple positions on a rebuilding team I, I i mean i i'm i'm liking him a lot he's kind of come under my radar late but that's a good call out by you right there
0: awesome my other call out is a guy um that i saw live this year um one guy you know logan o he won't make um he's a catcher he won't be making the redraft scene anytime soon but um I did happen to see Bryson Stott this year in Lakewood. Um, well, not it used to be Lakewood Blue Claws. Now it's the Jersey Shore Blue Claws, but um, he was he was pretty good, and he he's going to be twenty four. Um, actually, he just turned twenty four, mm-hmm. um, and the the Phillies do not have a shortstop. They have Galvis, but I think they kind of kind of you know, not bring back DD, not go after a big shortstop and uh, let Galvis keep it warm and his kid can come up. Um, you know, he's he got an interesting projection too from Steamer and in 167 plate appearances, five homers, two stolen bases, two and 260 average. So, um, you know, even if you need to get uh, double the plate appearances with, you know, 10 homers, four forced. On bases and like 300 paid plans not not too bad he he, he kind of profiles a little bit skills wise to like a jonathan india um in terms of k's and walk rate
1: um do you yep. think he'd be able to make an
0: impact like jonathan india this year
1: i actually think that's a good comparison i mean i was a little higher on india i'd say when he came when he was signing but it's a it's a very similar situation. It's it's the same age. It's a middle infielder. It's a person who takes walks. It's a right. You know, it's there's a lot of similarities there. And like you said, the Phillies are completely re- rebuilding. His position is his. Like I do think he's their shortstop of the future. I don't know if he's a huge upside guy, but he's definitely. They are grooming him to take over from Galvis this year. So he's another guy who's been playing really well in the AFL so just confirming i mean he, mm-hmm. he's he's ready he's ready to play his role in the major leagues whatever that is
0: i'm excited for him like i you know go into those games you know in a single a you, 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 there's, there's there's guys who clearly distinguish themselves instantly you know even if you're not a big baseball fan you know and, and and you just know general baseball you can kind of look at players that you know and he he was just one from the start, like in mean, the first at bat I seen him, he and just like took took a you know maybe an eight nine pitch at bat and you know smoked the ball opposite field left center um you know just and it's just so easy like it looked nice and smooth for him you know nothing was forced he just looked like a guy who's you know one of those who just spends all day just you know working on his game um so I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for him I think. I think he's going to be that one rookie that I try to get in, in draft champions this year. Nice. Yeah. I kind of like it. Even, even as a meth fan, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. Is there anybody else on this list that, Oh yeah. It's like, just like mentioning some older players, uh, you know, guys again, like Drew Ellis and David Fry, 25 years old who, who put up, you know, solid numbers and the miners again, like not talked about a lot, but looking, you know, at these filters, you could see, you know, that you know maybe they should get a shot. Um, I know Juarez came up and didn't do much, and also actually another guy, Kevin Smith, on the Blue Jays because yep. um, you know, he was a guy. Um, I think um, what's his name, Dylan White, the arrival on Twitter. He's mm-hmm. a smart, smart dude. Yep. Um, in his own right, and he he put up a tweet once in the middle of the season with Bobby Witt's stats and Kevin Smith's stats, <laughs> and they were like you know strikingly the same in terms of you know speed, power, and discipline. He came up, it looked like he was struggling with the fastball in the majors. But I know like just from that tweet, and like I had kind of been looking at him in my other you know like in a dynasty league, um, so like. He, he kind of popped out to me. I think I wanted it to happen more than, you know, uh, I was being realistic about it. But I wonder if, you know, if Simeon does leave, does that leave an opportunity for him? Like, what did you see? I don't know if you saw him in the majors at all. Did you see something, you know, or hear of something that, you know, maybe he was struggling with or could work on to get better next year in the majors?
1: No, I actually didn't catch him in the major leagues. I was more focused on his minor league stats and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like him, all this, everything you said about him. He's a great person to target in this type of situation we're talking about. He's even got speed, you know, with all this hitting ability. Um, the thing, the concern I have with him is the team he's on. Right. It's like, I, uh, they have other players that could shift over to shortstop. They have other, it's not necessarily like let's just give Kevin Smith the job and let him play around all these all-stars. So I'm, I'm just wondering what his role is going to be. It's more like if he was on one of these other teams that was rebuilding and I'd be, I'd be pretty particularly high on him in this type of situation. Right. Right. Cause even with the, even with the trade of Austin Martin,
0: away you know they still have some 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 good uh minor league guys at the spot too right with um jordan groschen plays third right and um short and third yeah a short and third yeah so um but yes yeah, you know uh i'm interested to see if he gets another shot at you know playing because even um you know you don't know what they're going to do with BGO, if they're going to get him back, and they're getting a lot of PTE, looked pretty lost last year. And um, I think the kid Espinal ended off, you know, in the last two or three weeks doing really well for mm-hmm. them um, as well. So just be interested what the uh, what the Blue Jays do, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, I think we hit a good amount of stuff tonight um i definitely want to you know keep this as a as, as a pod that we get too often and looking at um you know prospects and as the season starts to come to uh you know closer you know we'll see what's happening in the um in the news and stuff like that as free agency shaked out all these kind of openings or stuff we're trying to project now might, you know, come more into a clearer vision so we can get more in-depth about certain certain spots. I also want to do, like, uh, you know, we'll do some talk next pod about, like, organizations that maybe might be more aggressive than others. Not, you know, all the players, but, like, which organization that we can keep an eye on and, and, and you know, how they like to advance players and stuff like that. But I figured, you know, we could break them down into little pods. I think we get a, did a good job – you know, just hitting a first couple of, you know, top prospects and some players that, you know, maybe more, less talked about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I had a lot of fun talking with you. I learned a little bit myself and I definitely think we talked about some, some good top prospects and some under the radar players too, that should one, you know, one or two of these players are going to, are going to be bigger names this time next year. So hopefully, hopefully we, hopefully you land one of them.
0: Right, absolutely. You know, and that's what I was mentioning. Like, you know, like a guy like Jonathan India, who you know, whose average ADP in draft champions was six hundred and thirty-five. You know, that's, that's at the very, very end of the draft. You know, and even a guy like Adolis Garcia, he only got drafted in twenty-five weeks. You know, and if you were able to grab him in a league that doesn't do fab, like it's phenomenal. You know, um, mm-hmm. and it, it's interesting. Like, it was just looking at the bottom of that list too, talking about. Um, you know the, uh, I guess we can hit this real quick. Um, you know because I'm looking at the guys who also in in the in in the 2021 draft that got drafted. You know, right off the bat, you we mentioned Torkelson, but Austin Martin got drafted in the 30 leagues. Reed Detmers, who found the, he found the, the majors. This year. He pitched. Um, he was picked in 51 leagues. Max Meyer, who we mentioned, was picked in 26 leagues. Um, Asolacy 16 leagues um so do you do you think that there's anyone in this year's draft that that has a shot at making um the major leagues this year and making an impact like jack Leiter? do you think that they're going to be that aggressive with him a guy who's like maybe ready to pitch
1: well when when you first showed me that list of the players that had been drafted they were all college players so you obviously can eliminate the prep stars. This draft isn't, isn't as deep as last year as well. So Mm -hmm. um, basically my answer would be, I'm I'm not expecting a lot. I I think if, if a player who was just drafted does come up, it would be someone quick. It'd be like a, uh, a Sam Bachman and maybe in like a reliever role or Ryan Cusack for the Braves, just someone who, who has electric stuff and, they might want to get them in, like, it would be like a Garrett, Garrett crochet type situation right. from last year. Right.
0: Right. That makes sense. And, and, and you know what, I think teams are, are finding that that's, that's a window into the majors that they can get their feet wet in the majors, right. Pitching mm-hmm. a low leverage one, two inning type roles. And, um you know, trying to, cause now it's just going to be interesting to see how they get, Crochet and how they build him out if they want to. They they already announced that Kopech is going to be in a rotation, but does Crochet like get more longer innings and do they, you know, I don't know if he's going to be able to get into spring training this year and be able to, you know, um, I guess get himself stretched out to be a starter, but I think that's something they'd want to do, but in the meantime they keep their arbitration you know kind of low as Mm -hmm. built up and you know they can just have these guys still be i think it's a you know i think it's something a lot of teams are gonna start doing a lot more for sure
1: yeah yeah
0: but i think it cut out again but i'll give you uh (laughs) <laughs> I'll let you buzz back in. Mike's just having some difficulties with his microphone tonight. He he, he, he he but you could see it. If I could show you his face, he makes every time his radio goes out. It uh, he's not happy about it. Um, but yeah. So I think what Mike was saying is that there's not too many guys, in this draft that he thinks that are going to be able to you know make the majors. Um, seeing the prep guys have a better shot of doing it. So you might see um. Someone like you know Jack Leiter or like Mike was mentioning a starter who had that ability to come in and um, give you some relief innings in the majors. But um, Mike, you're back. Let's stay yep. up hard in words, um, and you can give your microphone a full uh, inspection <laughs> in the in the coming days. <laughs> yeah, uh, it needs it. But yeah, thanks for coming out and chatting with me and uh, getting my um, off-season podcasts off season podcast off. I'll be doing a couple more, uh, you know, in the near future. So I'm pretty excited. Mike, thanks for coming in and um, and hanging out, talking ball with me. You want to remind everyone once again where they could find you on Twitter and where they could find your work, so they could check out your uh, prospect list.
1: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at mprichards1981, and you can find my content at rotofanatic.com and prospects1500.com, and I want to say to you, Rob, uh, I appreciate you having me on again. You know, like I said er- earlier, you gave me my first shot before I even knew if I was ready or not. And, uh, you've become a good friend over the last year and I'm cheering for all of your success you have. And I've learned a lot from you and can't wait to learn more from you. Thanks,
0: Mike. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. We've, uh, definitely it's good to be able to um, become close to people outside of fantasy baseball as well. And just talk about life stuff and uh, definitely been accessible for that. So it's really cool. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm following you too, man. I know you're going to hit the, you're going to go, go exactly where you want to um, in this endeavor because you're putting in the work. And um, I know that once you get your microphone situation played out, you can, you know, you start a podcast, of your yeah. own, and uh, and and you can start rolling the ball like that too. But uh, uh, cool, Mike. Thanks for hanging out, we'll talk soon.
1: Cool, man. Thanks. All
0: righty, folks. Thanks once again for tuning in to another episode of Pothead Podcast, and I can't wait to carry forward the um, off-season draft prep and uh, we're looking back and looking forward with several of the NFBC successful players, um, as well as analysts who, um, you know. I talk too often and uh, I think would be a great addition to the poor Herder Podcast, getting their opinions out there to the fantasy world. So, um if you guys are uh you know, getting ready for fantasy prep, if you have not, um so ordered the baseball forecast on baseball HQ, um, you know, do that, go to the site, um definitely order that. It's it's the best publication to, you know, read to get ready for your fantasy baseball season as well as The Process by Jeff Zimmerman and Tanner Bell. That'll be probably coming out soon um but uh, that's another book that helped me tremendously in the last year um to help me with my my fantasy prep and just to get a better knowledge of of uh sometimes um you pull away from the actual player evaluation and just leak trends and uh you know just tons of information um that you can help to an edge so those two items i think are huge in getting ready for your prep and uh, do it early so you know overwhelm yourself later on in the season where you feel like you have to shrink down you know all this preparation into a month or two weeks or five days like some people will so take a little bit at a time so it doesn't seem so overwhelming you know i guess that would be my opinion so thanks for tuning in everyone and uh in this world where you can be anything don't be a bag of shit